Welcome to the Fuck Trauma Podcast with me, your host, Candice Tamara. I'm a trauma mindset coach and I am on a mission to guide you to having the safe, secure and loving relationships with yourself and with others that you so deserve. Let's dive in. Just a quick one for anybody that is feeling the pull and is ready to do the work to feel secure in you and your relationships. Trust me, there is no greater feeling. The Secure Mastermind has been designed for you to meet you exactly where you are and guide you to feeling that security. Um, With access to my very popular signature program, Anxious to Secure in Love as well. Join us now. All details can be found on my website. Okay, guys, today is the day. It's time to talk about the anxious and avoidant trap, which is a hot topic for my community. And whenever I put any content around this out, it's a really hot topic. And it's a very painful, painful topic and trap for anxious attachment styles. So it makes sense as to why people so desperately want answers so I have been requested to make this many times and here I am um let me share with you lessons from the anxious and avoidant trap now I work with majority clients that are anxious attachment style and therefore a lot of them are in something called the anxious and avoidant trap For anybody that doesn't know, let me explain to you what this is. So anxious and avoidant are two insecure attachment styles. There is also another insecure attachment style called the fearful avoidant. However, let's just say avoidant in general right now. So the anxious and avoidance are very attracted to each other. Very attracted to each other but they both have very different needs. So if you're an anxious attachment style, you might know that you need closeness and you like a lot of intimacy and you really need a lot of reassurance and you wanna, you know, your ideal situation would be to be with your partner and speak to your partner 24 seven, let's be honest. Um, And an avoidant attachment style is different. They get smothered quite easily. They need a lot of space. They lack a lot of independence and they don't want that closeness. They actually see, um, you know, being too close um, as, as vulnerability. It's, it's too much for them. And so therefore it creates this push-pull di- dynamic in relationships where, you know, an anxious person is trying to get closer to the avoidant and the avoidant gets triggered and then pulls away um, to regain their space and their independence, which triggers the anxious attachment style's abandonment wound because they feel like the per- they're losing the person, the person's leaving them. And so the anxious person then gets very triggered, very anxious, you know, overanalyzing everything, watching to see if they're online, asking them questions, are you okay? Have I done something wrong? all of those kind of anxious thoughts come in because they're really triggered fearing this person is leaving them. And it's not necessarily the case that that is happening, but they are triggered. So the anxious person is trying to close that gap 
and get closer to the avoidant and this only makes the avoidant run away more now eventually the anxious person will realize that's not working very well and they will pull back a little bit and then the avoidant person will come back this way come back their way that way to the anxious person and it will be better it will be how the anxious person want them to be but the avoidant will get triggered if there's too much so the avoidant will need to take their space again and that is just about their needs and that is the difference between the anxious and avoidant needs so it creates a trap because it's like this constant push-pull battle of trying to get your needs met and both being constantly triggered and I think a lot of mistakes that people make is they think that you know an anxious person is triggered very outwardly you know our anxious anxiety is very loud it, we can feel the anxiety inside of us very much so and we act out from our anxiety because it's so loud and painful and we just we're just looking for anything to soothe it so i think we think that an anxious person maybe gets more triggered than an avoidant but what i would say is an avoidant deals with it very differently they deal with they've learned to deal with it very inwardly so you know they might be feeling all these feelings inside but they've started they've suppressed them down as like a defense mechanism and that's their way of dealing with it so i think it looks like maybe an anxious person suffers more um but i don't know if that's necessarily true because just i think they just deal with it in very different ways um and both of these um attachment styles are trauma responses you know they just learn to deal with them in very different ways that's all um, and then in their relationships, it means that they deal with things in very different ways now that they're adults too, which means that it clashes and it creates this push-pull cycle. Um, and it's almost like each other are mirrors to each other and, you know, of what each other kind of needs to heal, which is why it's so triggering and why it's such a push-pull to kind of get the needs met. So... Uh, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people in this kind of di dynamic. So if you experience that kind of like push-pull when you get closer to them, it feels great, you feel great. And then suddenly you feel this need, they need space from you. And then you're triggered again and you're feeling really anxious again. Uh, and then they kind of come back and, and you know, they, they're intimate again and everything feels good. And then it goes again. This is likely the anxious and avoidant trap um, and, and that push-pull cycle. So for those that don't know, I was in the anxious and avoidant trap. I'm, I I'm used to be very anxiously attached. Um, before I knew anything about attachment styles, before I knew anything about anxious attachment style or an avoidant attachment style, no idea. But I was in this trap for four years. Now that I, you know, I'm aware of it, I'm, I know exactly what was happening. And it was very painful because we were both triggering each other, you know, I was so highly anxious in a way I had never experienced before. And I know a lot of people experience more anxiety with an avoidant because it's like that parallel opposite of needs being met. Um, and I was more anxious than I'd ever experienced in my entire life. And, you know, it showed up in, in ways of like suppressing my needs, but people pleasing and keeping myself available at the same time. And, you know, checking to see if they're online and, 
just desperately wanting more, waiting for their good morning message, even though I was in a relationship with them. But it was like, I just needed that reassurance and it was painful. And I know this is exactly what my clients experience and my community members experience now. And a lot of people that come to work with me, it's because they're in the anxious, attachment, uh, anxious and avoidant trap um, or they've definitely experienced it. And one thing I will say about it is it's a great opportunity to really work on you. So sometimes anxious attachment style can kind of go a little bit unnoticed you know some of the some of the symptoms in some of our relationships we might think we're people pleasers and yeah we have a tendency to caretake and we're just really nice and we just look after everyone and we're just you know we don't have any boundaries and some of those things can feel a bit like oh that's maybe just how I am and then when you go into an experience where you are with the opposite of you in that respect and in needs it really highlights to you that anxious attachment style and that anxiety and and where that's showing up. And I know that you're probably listening to this thinking, <laughs> I'd rather it not highlight it to me because uh, it's painful, Candice. And I hear that, I agree. But it's also the greatest lessons because it allows you to see what really needs to be healed. And what I wanna really state is that it's not the avoidant, if you're an anxious person, it's not the avoidance fault. And it's not the anxious person if you're an avoidant because our attachment style is created in childhood. So they are just a mirror to that. They are just a mirror to it. And they are just bringing that out in you. It would have been there before. The people pleasing, the fixing, the caretaking, suppressing your needs, no boundaries are all symptoms too. It just shows up differently. So it comes from childhood. So it's so just because they're reflecting it to you and you're feeling it more, you're feeling that pain more and you're seeing that, that more, it can feel like, you know, we get resentful towards towards them, you know, and it's really not about them. And it's a really great opportunity for you to do the work on you. Because unfortunately, this doesn't get better unless you do, because it's, it's something you've had from childhood. And it's it's highlighting that to you. Um, and it's really difficult unless you've done the work on your anxious attachment style to be in that kind of dynamic because you're just constantly triggered and it's all consuming. Like, I don't have to tell anyone that has experienced this. It's all consuming. Like you cannot focus on anything else. Like your mind is on this. You're trying to fix it, desperately work so hard to make it work and to just feel soothed and to, to get your needs met and to feel, feel okay and for things to be on your terms a bit because it can be a bit off balance in these kind of situations. And, you know, you're just doing everything for that to happen. And, and this is where the anxious attach, attachment style plays that role of like the fixer. And I know when I was in that situation, oh my God, I spent all my time, if I just do this differently, if I just say this differently, if I just ask for this in a different way, then maybe we'll, it'll be fine. And, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting and you know really all you're doing is trying to look for ways to get your needs met because you're in a dynamic that is making it tricky and you're just looking for a way to soothe your anxiety and it's exhausting and you're playing that role as the anxious attachment style the fixer and the saver and the caretaker and and that's naturally that part of that that's coming up but what you will find is that you'll be overgiving in that relationship. So the ba the balance of a uh, of the anxious attachment trap 
is actually anxious and avoidant trap is off balance it's off balance it's an it's it's generally an avoidant attachment style will have more rigid boundaries and an anxious attachment style has no boundaries <laughs> i don't need to tell you that so that means the anxious person tends to you know give a lot and abandon themselves because they're desperately not wanting the avoidant person to, to um, avoidant attachment style to abandon them. And it's not even that the, uh, the avoidant is abandoning, abandoning them. It's just that they have different needs and the avoidant is okay with more space. And the anxious person just wants that reassurance all the time and that, that closeness. So it means that the anxious goes the way to make things work and, and to please the avoidant and just be on that kind of, um you know scale of like giving more than the avoidant and it just ends up making the anxious person exhausted and more anxious because all they're doing is abandoning themselves for this relationship to make it work and they're desperately 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 trying to make it work and you know it's not how it can work it's actually the complete wrong thing that you could be doing and believe me this was exactly me and now in hindsight and obviously we're working with so many clients and working through healing my anxious attachment style I was making a big mistake and so are you guys and this is the biggest mistake that I see with my clients and which is why I am sharing with you some of the lessons that I see people make and I'm not gonna lie it's not gonna be the easiest thing for you to implement you're not gonna hear this and be like oh, um, yeah, okay, like, I'll do that. And the reason why is because your anxious attachment style is so strong because it is so deep-rooted in childhood, which is why it's so important that you do the deeper subconscious work on it so that you can put in boundaries, so that you can stop overgiving, so that you can start focusing on yourself and doing these things. And, you know, I know when I was in the in this dynamic, to tell me to just not be available and just go and live my life and focus on me it wasn't gonna it wouldn't have worked I mean obviously back then I didn't know what it was so I think if I'd have known what it was it would have made a lot more sense and if there was a lot more information out there and people do doing what I do to educate people I think it would have definitely have made more sense to me as to what was going on and maybe it would have helped me to do these things but the reason why it's so difficult to put boundaries in, for instance, like I always say, I could tell so I could tell someone to go and put boundaries in, but they will know that's the right thing to do. But the, there's this big layer of fear of the anxious attachment style saying, no, 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 they'll leave us, they won't like us, no, 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 don't do it. So you have to work on that root cause. You have to work on healing the anxious attachment style and 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 you know healing that anxiety and, and and where that's coming from before you can then put in boundaries more easily because you know it still takes practice because you're so out of practice you've never kind of done it as an extra attachment style but you're not having that like pull of like oh my god that fear of I can't do this um and I know that you all know that fear <laughs> I know it too um and that's because you have to do the deeper work to be able to you know do this and and what I will say is that it's, these attachment styles are trauma responses. They're not just, you know, 
oh just change your ways off you go like it's not it's not that simple um because there is trauma there so you have to deal with the trauma which you can do and then you release it and then you're able to move forward and create new patterns and this is exactly what I teach in all of my programs especially my secure mastermind it's all been designed like this to teach you how to heal your anxious attachment style deal with those root causes with lots of different tools and techniques and ways and my signature method as well as um, how to reprogram these, how to set boundaries, how to communicate, how to deal with your triggers, what even are your needs? All of these things is what I work with. Um, so here are some of the lessons from my own experience and from my client's experience. So the first thing that I would say is the biggest mistake that you make when you are in this kind of dynamic is that you put all of the focus on them, you self-abandon and you stop living your life. You make them your happiness and your everything. And the reason why you do that is because of an anxious attachment style, we have some inner voids within us that you know we're not good enough we're not worthy of love we're not worthy of commitment we're not worthy of being chosen and these things are what force us to kind of do like the chasing the the and and you know it is chasing because even energetically chasing you know even sitting there watching your phone waiting for them to message back and even things like oh I won't message for an hour because I don't it's all energetically chasing you are chasing and it's all coming from a fear and you're putting all that focus onto them and you know believe me I've totally done it so no judgment but it's the biggest mistake you can make so if there's anything you could do as an anxious attachment style and I say this to everyone is keep your own life and keep your focus on you and do it as much as you can from the beginning of your relationship because it's a lot easier to keep that pattern than when you're in it however you have to work on the beliefs that are and the fears that are causing you to create to do these things as well because eventually they will become so overwhelming that you'll just kind of do these patterns subconsciously because you're so fearful that they're going to leave you and, and not love you and not choose you and things like that so working on reprogramming those things and those fear and working through it and being able to then you know like make sure you're focusing on you is like the biggest key that you need to be doing and I know it is so hard because it's almost like you know we have these voids in us and you know the avoidant person is not necessarily over giving in that respect so we kind of feel that void even more than avoidant um and obviously there's a big mirror in front of us that's showing us our triggers so it's just triggering us even more and we're feeling it even more and it becomes really hard for us to focus on the good parts of the relationship because we are so triggered um and so we just go into hyper you know vigilant mode of like oh if I do this I can change this and if I do this then I can control this and this is a problem and this is a problem and I need to fix this and I need to fix this and I need to fix this and you don't need to fix you don't need to fix you need to step away you're not Bob the Builder you need to step away and you need to go and try and live the happiest life you can as yourself as an independent person the way you were when they first started dating you and they were so in love with you and giving doing everything for you 
before you started to make them your sun, the moon and the stars and your whole entire world because you're literally energetically pushing them away with this and they can feel it and you can feel it. They stop making effort. They, they lose interest. They, they don't do the things they used to do because you're actually chasing them. So go and chase you, chase your happiness, pursue you. That is the biggest thing I can say. And I know that it's not an easy thing to do, but I can't stress it enough. So if you can do it, go and do it. Go and find things you love doing that make you feel good. Go and book up your schedule as much as possible. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, but then I won't have time to see them. You will have time and they'll want to see you even more because you're not just there waiting for them, energetically chasing them. Pick me, pick me, pick me. So go and focus on you because you matter. You are the prize. You are on the pedestal. Take them off it. That is one of the biggest things I can say. And one of the ways that you can do this is you need to find ways to regulate your nervous system. There are so many different ways that you can do this. I wish I wish I would have known this when I was in this 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 trap. Um, like now I do a lot of things that regulate my nervous system, but I had no idea I was I, it was anxiety. I had no idea of anxious attachment style back then, which is why I do what I do to show you guys what 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 this is. Um, and so now I do loads of things naturally to regulate my nervous system, and I love it. Like I meditate, I do breath work, I do yoga, I you know, all of EFT tapping is a big thing, inner child healing. I do all of these wonderful things that I love and make me feel great. And I teach this in all of my programs. Um, but for you guys, like go and find things that you like doing that regulate your nervous system. And yes, maybe exercise is definitely one of them, but try and add something in, you know, breath work is a great thing. EFT tapping, you know, yoga, whatever it is, meditation try and do this and give it into your day like every single day because this is going to help you to not be so triggered and to keep the focus on you the focus on you so that is my biggest tip for you guys to do and the biggest mistake I see people doing then the other thing is that when an avoidant person wants space it's not about you it's not about you it's not about you. But I know that is very difficult for the anxious mind because it triggers your abandonment wound. And so the anxious thoughts kick in and you are, you know, consumed with anxious thoughts, which is why you should be regulating your nervous system and you need to work on reprogramming those anxious thoughts so that you don't spiral into the worst case scenario because it's often not the worst case scenario at all. Um, this is just our anxious attachment style because we tend to see through the lens of fear with our anxious attachment style because we're already coming from a place of fearing of abandonment. So imagine if you have a fear of abandonment and rejection, that's how you operate. That is how your nervous system is. That's what your beliefs are. That is how you act from that place because you feel it. So you, that's what needs to change for you to be able to have secure and healthy relationships you have to tackle that fear there that is already underlying so your anxious mind will be like oh my god they want space they're losing interest it's me I, it's personal what have I done and I know I've been there it's horrible I get it 
but I wish I had somebody who could tell me at the time. It wasn't about me. It was nothing to do with me because an avoidant needs space. They need more space than an anxious person. And it's got nothing to do with them. It's just a way for them to regulate their nervous system and not to feel smothered and to get their needs met and to have their independence so that they make sure that they are in a good place. And it's just one of their boundaries and it can be really difficult to manage. And at that time, your inner child will be kicking and screaming and tantrums and just not in a really good place. So that is where inner child healing is amazing for this. This is the thing that I swear on has been like one of the number, the number one game changer for, for changing my anxious attachment style to a secure attachment style and why I always have it in my programs because I literally see people change. Like they become a different person after they've done the inner child healing. It's like this weight lifts off their shoulders. They stop feeling that for it that feel they feel that connection with themselves and they're repairing their inner child that is the one that is triggered it's them that is having these tantrums not you as an adult it's them it's why you can't control it it's why you can't just say to yourself oh i'm not going to be triggered by that and then that will happen because it's not about you it's about your inner child so learning to repair in that inner child is so so important to know that it's not personal, it's okay, you're not being abandoned, you're safe, you're safe, and you get to make them feel safe, because nobody else can make you feel safe, and as an anxious attachment style, we look for everyone else to do everything for us, and it's not, like, that's our biggest mistake, and it's not our fault, because that's literally the way we've been programmed as children, to look for validation outside of us, and that is the biggest mistake we have to look for that internal validation in us and give us everything that we need because we absolutely can do that and trust me when I was actually attached I don't know if I would have believed you if you if somebody had said that to me but I'm telling you now that is the difference between a secure attachment a secure person doesn't need anyone to do anything for them they have that inner self they can do that within themselves and this is why it's so important to do the work with an anxious attachment style so that you can be that inner validation and reassurance within yourself as a secure person so that you don't push that away or push that in your relationships. You don't sabotage relationships and you don't um, come with that chasey kind of needy energy. So that is the difference. When you start to do the inner work, you don't, you change all these patterns. You don't need this validation. Okay. Then the third thing I would say is a big mistake that people do in this kind of trap is that as an anxious attachment style, you will keep yourself small, you'll walk on eggshells probably likely, and you will not like ask for what you need. Because you're so triggered and you fear that they might leave you and, and you know lose interest, you, and, and maybe because you're taken back by the fact an avoidant might have more rigid boundaries so that is really scary for an anxious attachment style like you know I know when I never knew what a boundary was when people had boundaries I used to tell that so personally like oh my god like it's so personal and <laughs> it wasn't personal at all in fact I should have had boundaries I just didn't know what they were I wasn't taught to have boundaries um and so actually boundaries is just protecting you and that's totally fine. And everybody is, has a right to have them and decide what they are for them. But it can be really difficult in the anxious and avoidant trap because an avoidant has strong boundaries. So as a result, an anxious person will kind of back down. They'll kind of play small. They'll kind of go along with what the avoidant wants. It kind of, that's how it becomes on their terms. 
And I would say this is a big, big mistake. Um, it's a big mistake. I would, you know, use this to voice your needs as much as possible. And I know that's a really difficult thing to do because you're probably saying to me, but I don't know what my needs are. And that's what I hear all the time. And I get it because I was exactly the same way. But figuring out what your needs are, and this is, of course, what I do and what I teach and what I help people to do, is so important and then voicing that and you know I think a big mistake that we do and, and I did it when I was in this dynamic too and I see clients do it as well is that because you're still you might be having conversations where you're kind of saying something but you don't really know what your needs are so you're not really asking for anything directly you're just voicing I'm not happy about this this doesn't work for me but then it allows for like them to put in their rigid boundaries again and you kind of just go with it because you haven't figured out what your needs are and what your boundaries are and you're not clearly stating them because you're so fearful and you haven't figured out them out and you kind of don't know what what you know what that is and I remember when I was in this this situation I remember I had no idea what my needs were, I had no idea, nothing. And I, you know, I kept having these, we almost had arguments a lot, you know, um, because we were trying to get our needs met. And, you know, our conversation, like our argument, I mean, they were arguments. They were like, they were, we were both did, couldn't find a mutual ground and none of us really knew what we were asking for. And if I'm honest, I had no idea what I was asking for. They were probably way clearer than I was. And I had no idea and I, didn't know that at the time I didn't know any difference but now I definitely can see that as an anxious attachment star I have no idea and I remember one time they said to me what do you want what do you want what are you asking and I can remember it to this moment right now and this was years ago I remember that moment because I remember being so startled thinking in my brain in my mind I have no idea what I'm asking here I'm almost like having this di discussion this argument this thing asking for something that I'm not even asking for because I have no idea what the hell I'm even asking for so how on earth can I expect them to know what I'm asking for how on earth can I expect them to know what my needs are if I didn't have a bloody clue and I know this is a big 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 mistake that anxious attachment style makes and it's not your fault because you don't know what your needs are you've learned to not have needs you've learned your needs don't matter from childhood and it's not 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 your fault but keeping yourself small and not knowing what your needs are and not asking for them is a big mistake in this kind of dynamic so figuring out what your needs are and getting really clear about what you're asking and then ask it, it doesn't have to be some long 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 you know drawn out argument discussion about feelings and things like that sometimes it's just as simple as this is what i need can you do it yes great hello hello you are you know I think we overcomplicate it and we cause a lot of conflict and pushing them away and and them needing space from us because we don't know what we need and we're communicating in this way so it can really be more even more painful for us so that is another recommendation I would say is really important and then the fourth thing I will say is that you know the anxious avoidant trap is very hard for you to leave. And I'm not saying everybody wants to leave it, but the reason why you work so hard to make it work and it's very hard for you to leave it is because your abandon abandonment wound is 
so triggered. It's about you. It's not about them. It's about you. You. This is a prime example of where you need to do your own work on your abandonment wound. If you're watching on YouTube, you just saw my cat. Um. So, yeah. So, um. This is a prime example of why you have to do the work because that abandonment wound is there regardless of this relationship. And it's also keeping you in this relationship and it keeps you in situationships that you don't want. It keeps you in friends with benefit situations you don't want. It keeps you in, you know, it keeps you pitting up with shitty breadcrumbs and shitty excuses and behavior you do not want. So you want to change that for yourself. Like you want to, it's about you. Um, whatever you decide, decide about the dynamics of if you're in this kind of dynamic trap, the reason why it is so hard to leave it is your abandonment wound is so triggered. It's not necessarily because you love them so much, and I'm not saying you don't love them. It's because your abandonment wound is so triggered that this is happening, that you are feeling like I must make this work, and you are not responsible for making it work it takes two people to tango and you know this is your anxious attachment style fixing and saving so I would really take the time to look at the dynamics and the role that you are playing in this relationship and how your anxious attachment style is showing up and start to and I know it's really normal because you're just this is just your your default your subconscious default and how you naturally are patterned but maybe look at some other relationships that maybe, um, you know, might be secure and just see like the dynamics of how that's playing out and how they might not be fixing so much. They might not be people pleasing and saving so much of this other person. They might be, you know, see how that's playing out and maybe see that that is your anxious attachment style. And of course, like all my content is all about highlighting these kind of behaviors for you to see that this is your anxious attachment style it's not you these are trauma responses that you can absolutely overcome and you should because this is not helping you to have the relationships that you deserve and and that's why I want you to have and I wish I had realized this myself at the time okay so the fifth and final one that I will say to you as a lesson is ah <sighs> It is okay for you to ask yourself if this is enough for you, okay? It's okay. It's okay for you to ask yourself if this is enough for you because you matter, your needs and wants matter too. And sometimes where you're working so hard to make it work and make them happy, and you're so fearful that you're asking too much and you've got too many expectations and are you the problem? And, you know, a lot of the time that you're doing all that, you're actually minimizing everything, you're asking nothing, and you're, you're just trying so desperately not to be the problem, and you're trying so desperately to be perfect, which is all part of your anxious attachment style. So it's, but, but your anxious attachment style, because from childhood, you'd have learned that your needs and wants are too much. So it's almost like you try and have no wants and needs in your relationships as adults, because you don't think they matter and that and you think they're too much so you end up having kind of none you end up kind of not you know you're fearful of having any and you're fearful of just asking yourself is this enough for me is this enough for me and it's okay to just ask yourself that question and not you know have the 500 million 
you know list of oh but doubt that comes along with it oh but what if I'm asking too much oh no but what if I won't find any better oh, blah, 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 blah. this is all fear this is all fear this is all your anxious attachment style so it is okay for you to just ask yourself is this enough for you is this working for you yeah <laughs> I can't stress that enough it's okay to ask that you matter okay then a question that I get asked a lot is can the anxious and avoidant trap work together can an anxious and avoidant work together <sighs> and my answer to that is that yes it can but I think you both have to be aware of your attachment styles playing out. And I think as an anxious person in particular, yes, as an ideal, an avoidant would go and work on their avoidant attachment style. But I think at least as an anxious person, for you to work on your, your attachment style is a must because you are so reactive and so triggered all the time that is really consuming and really painful. So I think once you work on that, it deactivates the triggers, it deactivates the bombs more so that you're able to have like more of a neutral relationship in, you know, in this kind of environment with the avoidant. Um, even if they do not do the work necessarily on their themselves, you're aware of this kind of dynamic. And obviously it helps to, um, if you're gonna work with someone or do a program or something like that, or any kind of teaching it works it helps us to to do that with somebody that understands the dynamics of an action avoidant attachment styles because then you know I know so many times when I'm working with clients it's like I'm able to offer that side of like they're so anxious and there's you know they're seeing it from their perspective because it is all consuming and I was exactly the same but I'm able to offer that other lens of hold on one second but that's an avoidant attachment style it's not personal and it com completely deactivates like that trigger inside of you that fear inside of you so you're able to work through it logically and work through your patterns logically to make the relationship harmonious like even if you stopped focusing so much on them and you did some of the things that I suggested today that changes the dynamic of the relationship as it is even if avoidant does not do the work whether you're going to be happy with the dynamics, whether it's going to be enough for you is a whole different thing. I have lots of clients that have worked through their anxious attachment style and they've managed to have successful relationships with an avoidant attachment style and it works great. When you're not so triggered and you're regulated and you've worked through your stuff and you know what's your stuff and the mirror is not right in your face triggering you, it is so much easier to have these kind of dynamics and just be like, oh, they need space, that's okay. I'm going to go and do my thing. But that is really difficult when you don't know what it is and you're so triggered and you haven't done the work on yourself. You see it so personally and it's painful. So it can work. I've had lots of clients that, that it does work. They stay in these relationships and they're very happy in these relationships once they've done the work for them and they've, you know, worked on that. And then I've had other clients that have chosen to leave these relationships and, you know, find secure relationships and after working on themselves so it's really just does depend I don't think there's a one fit all it can work I just think that regardless you have to do the work there is no getting away from it you have to do the work the person is a mirror to you and it's really important that you do that for yourself so 
Yeah, that is lessons from the anxious and avoiding trap. That was a lot of talking. Um, I hope I have answered a lot of questions for you. Um, this is, you know, what I really specialize in and what I really help my clients to maneuver through and work through in my secure mastermind and in my one-to-one -one programs and, and my membership and, and, you know, always, because I know this is a massive problem for an anxious attachment style. Um, so if you are feeling the pull to do the work, then um, please look at the options that I have. Um, but yeah, like hopefully you have found this really um, informative and hopefully you can take some steps to change this for yourself if you are in this dynamic. Um, I will see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fuck Trauma podcast. If you haven't done already and you want to make sure that you are notified of new episodes coming, which they definitely will be, then please hit the follow button and please feel free to rate the podcast and share on your socials. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated.